Thank God for Honda. Otherwise, Nissan would be Australia's least aspirational Japanese car maker. But that's all changed now. Nissan is going totally Joan Rivers for the second half of 2022. <laughs> that could be a real arse laugh offerer on the balance of probability. I'm John Cadogan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. <coughs> or you can just click the card that's up there now. Dude, I've given that damn card the best years of my life. It's had the nip and tuck so many times, its ears actually touch at the back of its neck. But the face is wrinkle-free, and that matters. Nissan right now, and a bit more automotive news following that. Plus, uplifting inspirational comments from you. <laughs> Some would say nutty, and I would be among those who say that. And a new Range Rover Sport launched by driving out of a sewer or something in Iceland. Well done. Land Rover turning an important corner, perhaps. A rich tapestry today. In other words, bit scratch and sniff as tapestries go. Some would say borderline hazmat, but nonetheless rich. Nissan Australia inserted itself into the news with some interesting, let's call them... Uh, allegations recently. Nissan is all new for 2022. Four all new vehicle launches complete brand-wide model refresh. In my admittedly humble and borderline want to be friends with everyone view, that's quite an interesting take on the epistemology of being all new in a particular year, seeing as you know, according to facts, the Navara, which is in fact Nissan's top-selling vehicle here in Australia, it was mildly facelifted in July last year. So it was, at best, partly new last year, which is hardly grounds for all friggin' newness this year, is it? And Patrol, which is essentially a decades-old design, partly new again, and that was more than a year ago now. And the Duke, one of the brand's more inclusive offerings in Australia, it's more than two years old at this juncture. And the Leaf, it's the same old Gen 2 Chitois that hasn't really been new since 2017, if memory serves. So if this is in fact an all new lineup, okay. Well done with the upcoming brand-wide newness in 2022. Can't wait for that. Real talk, okay? The facts matter. Even in a PR department, they should matter. You should at least pay vestigial homage to them and be clever, but remain in the domain of facts. All new for 2022. I'd suggest. Nissan is on a fairly established commercial trajectory at this point to the Mariana Trench here in Australia. Nissan actually needs Honda to make its sales performance appear less shit. And I'm all about the less shit, as you know. So 
Thanks very much, Honda. See, according to T-Dub and the Spice Girls, Nissan was selling almost 68,000 vehicles here in 2011. And they cruised at more or less this altitude for the next five or so years. But then, inevitably, word got around incrementally that innovation at Nissan was, let's be kind, glacial. Some would say non-existent. The in-house CVT transmissions from 75% Nissan-owned Jatco, they were dogs with fleas. And the fleas had lice, and there was pox on the lice, frankly. The same design philosophy was clearly used in the batteries for the Generation 1 Leaf. And these kinds of R&D-owned goals bit a lot of early Nissan adopters on the buttocks. So over the intervening five or so years, sales fell from mid-60,000s to about 40,000 here last year, and they're roughly 34% down on that so far this year. So on track for maybe 26,000 sales, perhaps 30,000 if this alleged all newness gives them a bit of a boost. I'm not hopeful. Take allegedly all-new Pathfinder, right? A kind of lardy-assed Kluger competitor with essentially the same tired old 3.5-litre Atmo V6 as the current one. You've got to rev it like a banshee to make it perform, and then it drinks like a sailor on Yo Sister. Two-wheel drive models or all-wheel drive if you spend more. But they have at least ditched the awful CVT transmission in favour of a new epicyclic nine-speed auto, according to them in official prick-teasing documents. I don't know about you, but the term new Nissan transmission would be enough to strike terror into the heart of someone such as me if perhaps I suffered a brain aneurysm and actively considered buying a vehicle such as that. Still, the Nissan Prick-Tease machine is up and running at peak efficiency and there is exciting new technology on offer, such as Nissan ProPilot, which sounds vaguely pornographic. Certainly it's the kind of thing that I would presume would cost extra, but about which Nissan is oddly reassuring. With the push of a button, ProPilot plus a bunch of disclaimers automates steering, braking and accelerator inputs in response to the flow of traffic. The technology aims to maintain a safe distance with the vehicle in front of you and help keep you centred in your lane to ease your commute. That's just one prick tease among many from Nissan's website today. ProPilot seems to me intelligently designed to motivate you to goof off behind the wheel in situations where you have acquired more than enough energy to kill someone, possibly even yourself, and in which you really should be paying attention, dude. I'm absolutely not looking forward to the boost in ambient driving negligence flowing from the wide adoption of systems such as ProPilot. 
And of course, we might as well lift up the skirt at this point and see what Nissan's lawyers actually say about ProPilot in the disclaimer fine print. ProPilot cannot prevent collisions. It is the driver's responsibility to be in control of the vehicle at all times. Always monitor traffic conditions and keep both hands on the steering wheel. System operates only when lane markings are detected. Does not function in all weather, traffic and road conditions. System has limited control capability and the driver may need to steer, brake or accelerate at any time to maintain safety. See owner's manual for safety information. Hmm, okay, sounds mildly half-baked in the domain of implementation. More like amateur pilot. Unqualified pilot, not a real pilot. Look, dude, all I'm saying is that Nissan is clearly failing in Australia with an established commercial trajectory to nowhere over several years, even though Honda may be bravely paving the way. Yes. They're also a bit short on innovation and reliability. Not just my opinion, clearly. Mia, unpronounceable there, is an ASE-certified Master Automobile Technician, as well as the Chief Mechanic and Chief Technical Writer at carparts.com. And, bonus points, she reminds me of two of my ex-wives. There were five of them, so it's not really that remote as possibilities go. They were good on the tools too, if memory serves. Nissan is presently big on hype and the Prictease machine is on the red line for the next few months, almost certainly. So if you find yourself getting seduced by this alleged new era of, quote, <laughs> redefining how we move, my advice would be at its most mild. Dude, wait six to 12 months and quantify this alleged all newness's propensity for intrau poopy before you proceed and dump the big bucks. And now, briefly, in other automotive news, Land Rover has launched the new Range Rover Sport. Yes, the peasants rangy by driving it out of a sewer, or similar, in Iceland. The allegedly visceral and uncompromising peasants rangy ascended a 193-metre spillway against a tide of waste water flowing at the brain-bending rate of 750 tonnes per minute. This, of course, is exactly the kind of thing that they advise you never to do in the owner's manual, typically. Out of the sewer is, of course, a bold new trajectory for the Indian Green Oval badge. Only time will tell if the latest peasants rangy can live up to this bold new direction out there on the road or in the dealership service department, where, frankly, the traditional direction of travel has been into the sewer. In other shitbox news, Alfa Romeo Schittsville, which has managed to sell almost 200 cars this year. 200! That's two a day? Maybe a bit less? Well done. 
Alfa Romeo has increased its warranty to five years with unlimited kilometres, living life on the frickin' edge. To put this in perspective, even Toyota, which spends more time asleep than the ACCC some years, managed to adopt a five-year warranty a couple of years ago, on the 1st of January 2019, after stating categorically just four and a half months earlier that it had no plans whatsoever to do that. Alfa Romeo Schittsville said the move, which is frankly years too late, was a significant milestone in its latest head and heart promise campaign, underscoring the reliability and reputability of its vehicles. Apparently they said this with an entirely straight face too. Reputability actually means the state of having a good reputation. Academy Award for straight-facedness despite the contrary evidence, doubtless to follow. Motor Magazine, which killed itself recently and won't exist after next month, is amazingly still preying on the vulnerable, apparently, attempting to sell subscriptions for up to the next two years for just 179 bucks. Like, dude, where do I sign? This email was sent to me by one such would-be victim who received this unbeatable discount subscription offer six days after the termination of the title was officially announced. All of a sudden, those Russian brides emails they don't seem quite so far-fetched. Thanks, Motor. And now, over to you. Laughed my ass off when I heard the term Ming Mole. Haven't heard that term for 25 years since I left the auto industry. Ah yes, the mighty Morphin Ming Mole, the trade name in the Australian auto industry for the chick who flaunts it unashamedly to sell you that paint, fabric and rust protection your car absolutely does not need, but you go for it anyway because boobies. I'm frankly amazed that 21st century hyper-woke sensitivities and the Me Too movement have not hunted the Ming Mole to the point of extinction by now, but I suppose money talks at the coalface of dealership operations. And the feminazi they're painted into a corner on this one, as I see it. As much as they doubtless hate Ming moles and everything they stand for and their grubby modus operandi, they can't be seen to stamp them out without also impinging women's rights. It's a real catch-22. But I say, God bless Stormy Daniels, the patron saint of Ming Moles, and all who buy that needless aftermarket crap off the back of their admittedly lowbrow, but nonetheless irresistible charms. And now, a new auto expert award, rancid commenter of the year, ricotti, just like the cheese. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Donna Wester, who's been commenting prolifically for five long months now on the channel. Although to me, it seems like forever. She is actually one of my most engaged and loyal viewers. So, 
Thank you sincerely, Donna. The algorithm appreciates your engagement, despite the inconsequential overarching negativity you express like friggin' clockwork. Amazing. I'm certain you are even more delightful in person if such a thing is possible. And I hope ultimately we are able to meet one day, a long way in the future, and have a frank bilateral exchange of views. That'd be nice. Here's my personal favourite Donna Wester comment, which is also a triumph in the domain of perceptiveness. This guy is so annoying, the CIA use his videos to torture people. And very effectively too, I might add, Donna. How do you think they were able to get Osama Bin Laden's home address so damn quickly? Next up, I'd like to thank Michael Perry and Malcolm Duncan for their ongoing commitment to Australian idiom. Yesterday, as you probably recall, I discussed Far Q, which we Aussies invite each other to join playfully from time to time. Fuck you, mate. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Neck oil is often involved in this process, if I'm honest. It's just how we roll. It must be so difficult to come to grips with if you're a tourist here, like Jesus. G'day, how you going? And you've learned, good morning, how are you? Like, it, it just doesn't pass, does it? Anyway, I'd like to thank Mick and Mal for leading me to a related part of the Aussie vernacular chessboard. That part would be Cornell. It's right there on the map, Cornell. Those of us who paid attention at school will, of course, recognise Cornell as Captain Cook's first ever landing place here in Shitsville, back when it was still a paradise. Cornell was... So emphatically shit as landing places go that Cookie and crew could stand it for no longer than eight days before up-anchoring and pissing right off, as you do. Imagine spending eight days at Cornell. Still, the landing indelibly divided Cornell into two regions, near Cornell and far Cornell. Near Cornell has a dog beach and the Ampole fuel terminal and a dirty big jetty for fuel tankers. So that's nice. But far Cornell, Cookie's inhospitable LZ, is a national treasure, a heritage-listed national park. Right there. And its place in our proud heritage leads to the common expression of wonderment at new information widely in use nationally today, far Cornell. If you're not from around here, the term can be used for anything exciting, shocking, amazing, depressing, confronting, uplifting, or just generally out of the ordinary. It's the Swiss army knife of verbal expressions. So, would-be tourist, repeat after me, far Cornell. Far Cornell. Far Cornell. Oi, oi, oi. Thanks so much. Cookie. Get back to me when you're sober. I have thought about this comment for weeks upon weeks now. It's been agony. I've wondered against wonder. What is its hidden meaning? Have I ever actually even been sober? Mark Johnson there. Mate, the reason I haven't gotten back to you in a timely fashion is that I simply can't recall ever having been sober, and at my advanced age, I fear that attempting to get myself sober 
might result in some kind of medical emergency. Finally now, John, sometimes, only sometimes, listening to your reporting on the industry reminds me of getting a tattoo on the knob of your stalk down there. Doug Stubbs there. Stubby. I'm sure it seemed like a good idea at the time, dude. Fucking hell. Thanks for sharing, though. A little too much information in this one, but hey, thanks anyway. Look, I'm generally happy for people to watch for any reason at all. But on this one, just let me see if I've got this straight, okay? You once bravely got a tattoo on the knob. Hashtag respect. And for reasons unknown, watching my reports occasionally reminds you of getting that tattoo. And yet you keep watching. And for some reason, you just thought the world had a right to know all of this. Dude, nothing abnormal about any of that. 